the startup capital you need to scale is outrageous. I do think it would have propelled my business forward. However, I don't think that I would have used the money wisely while it was so frustrating. I do think it taught me to learn a lot of aspects of the business. So now I feel more confident in financials and accounting and growing the business. Whereas like if somebody would have just thrown me money, I would have been like, okay, let's, let's buy this. Let's buy that. Welcome to the Audacious Founder Podcast. This is a podcast for entrepreneurial women. It's going to help you build confidence, obliterate mental blocks, gain knowledge, and harness the audacity to start your business, grow your business, or just start living your life with a whole lot more fucking audacity than you have been. My name's Melissa Manning. I've founded and co-founded more than 13 businesses in 10 years, and I've got more than 45,000 hours of business operating experience that I want to share with you. And I am here to A, learn more because we're never effing done, and B, get you to a new level. Welcome everyone back to the Audacious Founder Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I am so excited today because I am joined with Dominique Gonzalez. She is the founder of Root Elixirs, a sparkling drink mixer company based out of California. She has been in the food and beverage industry for over 13 years, gaining experience and key insights about the industry through her time as a bar manager and consultant throughout California. Growing up, she always enjoyed sharing time together and cooking delicious meals with friends and family. While she enjoys hosting, it's become difficult to cook and entertain and make cocktails simultaneously. So in that struggle, the idea of root elixirs came to life. Root Elixirs is a bottled cocktail mix that takes away the stress and effort of creating a craft cocktail. Root Elixirs plus ice plus spirit equals a craft cocktail. And here is one that I'm sipping on during this conversation. <laughs> one of our top sellers. Yes, it is the strawberry lavender soda. It is so good. And I just, I just asked Dominique if it's okay for me to be drinking it without alcohol because it is one in the afternoon. I mean, you know, day drinking's fine, but, um, we had our event last night and we had root elixirs there. Dominique was so generous to donate some of these bottles to us and they were such a hit. They're so good. And we definitely were pairing them with some alcohol last night. So today, no alcohol for me at the moment. Um, but anyway, Dominique, Thank you so much for being here. I am so honored to have you meet with me and to pick your brain. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's exciting to be on here with you and learn about about your story as well. Okay, okay, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I know that we already, or I already described what Root Elixirs is, but can you tell me a little bit more about how you got started with it and how long you've been, how long has the company existed? Yeah, so uh, we started back actually manufacturing the product probably about six years ago, um, minus about two years for COVID, so about four years now. Okay. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I, you know, working in the bar industry, I feel like um, it taught me a lot how to bartend outside of work, and so I was always, you know, making craft cocktails at home for friends and family. And, you know, 
as a bar, from coming from a bar background, um, you always like, you know, your, your fresh squeezing juices, you're like making all these house syrups, you're bringing in all these herbs, these botanicals, so these bitters, <laughs> soda waters, everything. So it's like, it's a production, you know, and, you know, when you're uh, entertaining, I don't like, it's hard for everybody to really know how to make a cocktail and the right proportions and like what goes with what. So I felt like there was, um, I I just basically wanted everybody to be able to be their own bartender. And so I took all those ingredients and kind of bottled them up and put carbonation to it because I love the carbonation aspects and uh, they're really designed to take all those components, throw them in a bottle, and then you're able to add your favorite spirit or, you know, drink them as mocktails. But uh, I feel like the, the mocktail industry is exploding as well. So Absolutely. it's, you can have those zero proof gins, those zero proof whiskeys now that to mix with root as well. I actually didn't know that existed. So they have alcohols but that are yes with the alcohol removed so it's spirits with the alcohol removed and it actually tastes like whiskey or it actually tastes like vodka yeah some of them actually taste like spirits some I've been mixing a few um and sometimes I can't even tell the difference because I'm like wow this actually tastes like an Aperol spritz or um yeah so it's it's a booming category right now um and so there's um companies like seedlip um monday um what are some other ones alliers and ritual they all make you know every na spirit i guess from like vodka to gin whiskey and even like modifiers wow and so have you been partnering with them on stuff or yeah so we're about to um we're actually popping up in west village uh june 11th i think that's the date um but we're we're um gonna do a collaboration with seedlip and a really cool company called fruitapop um which is like a popsicle and so we're all collabing together to make these mocktail popsicles and do like (laughs) um mocktail pop up and uh so it should be pretty fun that's awesome I wish I that's in New York you said right West Village yeah so there's a a store called Wasson and it's fully um catered to the non-alcoholic market so um there's also the great thing about um that store also is that they have a lot of syrups and um, cocktail mixers, whereas like, you know, in New York, how, um, you can't go into like a liquor shop and buy the liquor and the mixer. That's what I, <laughs> so, um, they're really great. Cause they really do carry a lot of, um, mixers there. That sounds really fun and creative. You know what I mean? It sounds like they're making such interesting things there. If they have such a variety of syrups and, you know, just, creating mocktails you have to already be thinking out of the box so I would be so Mm -hmm. curious to see all the different flavors and variations that they've got that sounds yeah it's it's wild to taste them and be like is this have alcohol in it or not (laughs) yeah and then you start acting drunk because you 
you think that there's alcohol, but then there's really not. And then the, the waiter is just like, actually, there's no alcohol in that. And you're like, oh, you're like, I'm just high on life. <laughs> but that's perfect, right? We need yeah. to retrain ourselves how to be high on life without substance. Right. Substances. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's the the crazy thing is, is that category is growing so much for like people that, you know, do want to have like a cocktail one night and maybe a mocktail, like switching back and forth yeah. within the night. And, um, you know, I feel like people are becoming more mental health conscious and more health conscious in general. Yeah. So they're not, you know, there's dry January. So that's a whole month. And I think that people are really kind of expanding their view of, Absolutely. um, the alcohol industry. Yeah. Which might be scary for some of these companies, right? (laughs) But no, it's true. I have a friend who just maybe a month or two ago, she was like, okay, no more drinking. And for me, I say it all the time and then I don't do it, but I think it's not so much the alcohol. It's not so much the being drunk part. It's just the part of having like being out and having something in my hand that isn't like a soda. I mean, you know, not, not something like this, but isn't like a Coca-Cola or a Sprite, you know, like I want something interesting. I want something that's going to tease my taste buds. Yeah. And so if I have options like this, where it's an interesting flavor and I can be like, Hmm, what are these flavors? Let me, let me think about like, Oh, what am I tasting right now? Oh, this is an interesting combination. I want that. That's like part of the whole experience of going out. Yeah. They're not like, Oh, I just want an iced tea. They're like, here's this margarita with like all these herbs or whatever, um, specifically like catered to that market and, or Mm -hmm. like the mocktail for that evening. And there should be, I believe there should be much as much thought into mocktails as there are into cocktails. Yeah. Because it's the same thing as an interesting dish that you're about to eat, Mm -hmm. you know, like we don't want just a boring I don't know, like pasta with plain cream sauce. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we want, we want an experience. We want something different. We want something new, something exciting and something that yeah. makes us go, Oh my God, this is so good. <laughs> exactly. I, I haven't tried and we don't, we didn't have any leftover the jalapeno flavor, jalapeno. And what was it with the jalapeno grapefruit? Yes. I wanted to try that so bad, but my friend, Nicole stole all of them. <laughs> that's my favorite oh, um, <laughs> I need to get more I need to order more yeah that um that's my favorite I mean it's designed after like a Paloma and, oh, and like that's my favorite drink oh a Paloma well a spicy mezcal Paloma is my favorite drink well then that's perfect uh-huh just <laughs> add the mezcal or yeah. not yeah um they uh the, the I feel like that one has such great ingredients like there's actual like grapefruits in it there's lime there's lemon there's agave and there's jalapeno so it was like that was my goal is to create like the best paloma mixer and I feel like people who like spice they're gonna like it I don't feel like it's overpowering but um, I feel like if you're gonna pick up something spicy you gotta have a little bit of a kick in there yes and actually I I get deeply offended when I go to a bar or restaurant and they make me a spicy Paloma, whether mezcal or tequila, and they use like hot sauce or something and Mm. not jalapenos. Like it, it it is offensive to me. (laughs) I'm offended. (laughs) Yeah. 
I need jalapeno. What do you mean you don't have jalapenos? Like, is this a bar? I don't get it. Yeah. I'm just going to carry around your mixer with me in my bag. Yeah. Just give me a shot of mezcal, please. Just a shot of mezcal. I'll make my own. Um, Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you were working in the bar industry for 13 years. Sort of a side question. Like, how do you feel about the restaurant industry? Did you... Did you like it or did you hate it? Or were you in the middle? Oh, um, you know, it's, I like, it's a love hate, (laughs) you know, like, um, yeah, I'm still actually in it. I still consult for, um, a hotel group, which is, um, called Nomada hotel group and they're all on the central coast. Um, but there's something energizing about the industry, um, and I'm so in love with food and experience and travel. And, um, you know, it, I feel like if you're creative, you really thrive in those environments. If you're um, creating, whether it be like a chef or, you know, a bar manager, um, and, you know, you get to always taste these new flavors. So I do love the restaurant industry. It's, you know, it's exhausting though, um, when you're in it full time, uh, it can really take a toll, but I've always been, I thought I was going to get out of it, but I've always been drawn back. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's something that I feel really grateful to be a part of. Um, I mean, I'm in love with hospitality and service and, you know, giving people the best experience possible. So I really wanted that to be showcased through, you know, the brand of Root Elixirs. Like we are, to me, it's like we are a hospitality business serving Root Elixirs (laughs) because, you know, to me, like I really want people to enjoy um, being able to share time together and like over dishes and really good food and something that like has taken time and thought and, um, is an elevated experience. Right. You're enhancing their experience. Yeah. 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 So I feel like a lot of, um, the flavors have been developed by travel and, you know, going to, well, I spent some time bartending up north um, in a like a classic cocktail bar, and then a Mexican restaurant was which is very like Oaxaca themed, and um, you know, and in, in up north they're huge on the the white linen, so it's a modern classic. It's it's uh, the which we use the cucumber elderflower for, but it's mm. typically gin, Saint Germain you know, um, lemon juice, soda water, sugar. Um, so really wanted to bring that to life in the lineup. And so I did that one with the cucumber elderflower. Um, it's probably one of our top sellers. You mix it with gin or like for something poolside, you do like a white wine, um, Mm, spritzer. Prosecco. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And so that one was, came from there. And then, you know, I'm, so in love with new Orleans, there's a huge, uh, cocktail. I don't know. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it's called tales of the cocktails happens every year for bartenders, um, all over the world. So that you'll have people flying from, you know, Paris and like showcase their, their bars will pop up all over new Orleans. And, um, 
it's really a unique experience. And that's where like the pineapple passion fruit came from, just like those flavors of um, Nola and like, cause I don't know. What it's it just called? the Tales? Um, Tales of the Cocktails. I want to go. <laughs> oh, it sounds so fun. It's so great. Like all the, like if you're in the industry, um, that's where you want to go. Cause it's, especially for bartenders, it's mm-hmm. like all these brands are popping up. Like, you know, you'll have your, your Aperol out there. You'll have your Campari's. You'll have every big brand is there like popping up that, and it's for a week long. Um, so they'll do like little, they'll do like every, every day there's a class, there's classes that you can take from like people in the industry. And so, and then they'll usually make cocktails and everything's like all part of like a learning experience and just getting together as bartenders and restaurant professionals. Yeah. That sounds awesome. But can you go if you're not in the industry anymore? Yeah, you can. Um, I feel like anybody can go. Um, yeah, it's just like yeah, a ticketed they, thing probably. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I feel I like enthusiasts go. go as well. Like when they want to learn how to mix some stuff up and, um, see all like the cool books that are coming out or like the, you know, all the emerging brands that are just starting. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's a trade show, right? That's how you go and stay on top of everything that's happening in the industry. Yeah cool a fun trade show that is like alcohol yeah. <laughs> based <laughs> the funnest of them all the the, yeah. the best trade show you could go to <laughs> yeah the tickets must be expensive I'm not even gonna look. <laughs> um okay so did you always think you were in this industry you were working you were bartending did you think at some point I'm gonna open my own bar or I'm gonna start some sort of a company like what where did Root Elixirs come in? Were you surprised by it? Or did you knew, did you know that it was going to happen eventually? Okay. So when I started the company, I was like envisioning like a health brand focused on like, you know, I really wanted to like make almost like a tea, but like an elixir okay. and like for health benefits and like a fun, you know, tea that wasn't out there. And so I started brewing it and like experimenting and eventually I was like, it was, it could just kind of like the two married. And it was, it was like my bartending experience plus what I had been working on. And it was like, why don't we just take cocktails from menus, bottle them, Mm -hmm. and then serve that as the, like, that's the company. Right. And so one day it just clicked and I was like, I'm going to do that. And it was not easy. It's still not, <laughs> but it never gets, um, easy, there's always new, bigger challenges. Yeah. You're always learning. like, that is the life of an entrepreneur is like, you're teaching yourself how to do everything almost. Yeah. Um, unless you're hiring people, you have a bunch of money, but, um, but even still, right. Because even still, I mean, until you're this huge, I don't know, maybe billion dollar company, you have to be supervising. You have to know Mm -hmm. when things are functioning as they need to be. And in order for you to know that you have to learn a certain amount about it, even if you're hiring people to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 
we're, we're totally self-funded um, from my bar dips. Like we're still what? going strong. So oh um, still own hundred percent of the company, which is great. Oh right my now. God. I um, love this. I was going <laughs> to ask if you had partners. No, no, not yet. Um, maybe one day, but for right now, um, I mean, if you don't need it, funded. yeah, if you don't need it. Don't do it. But yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think, uh, I forget where we were going, but, um, so the, did you basically, did you always want to be an entrepreneur? So you, you started root elixirs mm. with the idea that it was going to be more of like a health conscious brand, uh, with teas and stuff. And then it kind of just, you were like, okay, well, evolved, actually, yeah. yeah, it evolved into what it is today, which is fabulous. Uh, but did you like, when you started bartending, were you like, this is temporary. Cause I know I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Um, I mean, that was always in the back of my mind. Okay. Like I have always wanted to run my own thing. And that's why I think I've always found myself in management and leadership roles mm. is because I'm like, it's gotta be like this and someone's got to take charge and that's going to be me. <laughs> so, but I think in the back of my mind, I was like always thinking about what company am I going to create? Because I've always been like that. I've always been like, I'm going to make this and sell it. I'm going to make this and sell it. Um, so I think it came naturally to me of like, what do I want to make that could be the next company um, yeah. that I start? And so it just came along one day and um, I, you know, I feel like I was like, should I go back to school? Should I start my company? And then I was like, you know what, now's the time I'm just going to start. And so started that and just pushed kind of school aside and went on this journey with starting the company. Had you opened other businesses before? No, that was, um, that's my first business. Okay. Yeah. And you said you were, so it's now been two years since COVID. So you were open for four years before that, or you, like you had started the business four years before that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, you know, I didn't know this at the time, but I mean, I didn't know a lot at the time but about starting a company. I knew nothing. Um, but I love but that. I love, okay. I really love, and I just want to like, I didn't write it down and I should have, because I want to remember it and I want to highlight it. The fact that you said you're always learning, you never know everything. So you have to continue just being present and being open to learning, right? And evolving. Yeah. Like, okay, I'm going right. to take all of this feedback, all of this evidence, and I'm going to now make a new decision based off of it, right? But like five yeah. minutes ago, without that information, I had no idea what to do. And that's exactly. okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I like that because I think so many women use that as a reason not to start. Oh, I don't oh know how to do accounting. Oh, I don't know how to sell. A, I don't know how to even find the bottle for this beverage that I'm creating. You know, exactly. a lot of people use that as a reason not to start. Yeah. So I would encourage people to off of my story. I didn't know anything. <laughs> I didn't know how to run a company. The only knowledge I had was like, you know, my passion for bartending and the industry. So, um, I've always been in like pretty much I've 
taught myself everything just because we have been self-funded the whole time. Um, so, you know, I'm doing accounting and I'm doing, mm-hmm. um, working with the marketing team. I'm working with my production team. Like I didn't know how to even, and there's not that there wasn't that many resources out there when I first started, um, developing route. Um, you know, you usually see the companies of like Coca-Cola or Pepsi or Sprite or, you know, these big brands, um, starting companies because starting a small batch soda company or a sparkling mixer rather is like, it's not, nobody is really doing it. There's not, there's only a couple brands, yeah. you know? So do you, you so, consider like Coca-Cola and Pepsi, like those are your competitors? No, I wouldn't say they're, but they're really competitors, but to, to like make it into co-packing into manufacturing okay. a product that will scale big enough, you have to have, you know, the financial, usually the financial backing to start your first run of co-packing and um, bottling a product. So I was like, you know what? I don't have that. I won't have that. (laughs) Um, So I'm going to figure out how to start the business without that. Um, So, you know, I took the product I you know it took me probably a couple of years to develop the flavors and you know you gotta there's a lot of science involved and you know I just had to do a lot of research and reading because they have to have some sort of a preservative or the ingredients have to I don't want to say something that's not true so yeah they just have to follow certain guidelines um with nutrition facts and labeling and so much that like you have to research and try to find on like websites and stuff that is I've heard like- that that's very hard to get a food or or beverage that is packaged to get it approved yeah i mean it's not e- it's not easy it's the fda yeah um, yeah um yeah i think it's the processed food license but um you have to have, you know, your, your kitchen and like the state come out and all these, you know, guidelines to even start producing. What I did is I just researched everything online, tried to call everyone I could from the state and like, <laughs> who can help me? Yeah. I need answers. Like, I don't know how to do this. And, you know, they weren't very helpful either because when I say I'm developing this, they're thinking of a, a, a large company that wouldn't be doing this on a smaller scale. Um, so they didn't have much info. So, but we got started and, uh, how did you start? Did you start by just like giving it to friends and family, having them give you feedback? Oh, like for sure. Who was your first <laughs> customer? Who was your first paying customer? Yeah, our first paying customer. I love the story because it's still the so I'm the consultant for the hotel group, and that was my first paying customer is the Ooh. hotel group, the restaurant that I was, the bar that I was the bar manager at. They was the they were the first to bring on the product, and they've been the first for all like winemakers and other entrepreneurs in the area. So it's a really cool like fun story that um, she's a women woman business owner and she's. Um, she also created a company called Wine Wipes. Um, so Wait, so been, who is this? Um, her name is Kimberly Walker. Uh, she's the 
she's also an entrepreneur. Um, she started Wine Wipes and um, those are, and expanded her line since then, but they're um, designed to remove the red stains from your teeth when you're out <gasps> wine, wine tasting. Yeah. <laughs> so she, working for her is, has been like, you know, an inspiration just because you, you don't really see too many women in the industry. So to be able to like, kind of see that she's been able to be successful and um, grow her company has been inspiring for me to keep going. Uh, one of the things that I wrote down to ask you was, did you have any mentors or coaches over the last six years? And it sounds like she, whether it was explicit or not, it sounds like she was a little bit of a mentor. Yeah. I mean, I feel like when I had like very, um, when you got really stuck, yeah. When I got really stuck, I was able to like lean on her a little bit and say, Hey, did you ever deal with this? Like, was this never an issue? Um, and she was able to help with that as well. And still will answer any questions that, um, I have. So really it was just calling all the government agencies trying to get answers, which <laughs> yeah. sounds like a nightmare to me. It was awful. <laughs> you have to go through all those automated systems that are just like, okay, well, nobody's available now. Click. Yeah. Or like option one, two or three. If it's not that click. Yeah. And it's like, no way. I'm trying to start a soda company. They're like, what <laughs> are you doing? And I'm like trying to explain what it is because, you know, root is also like one of the first in its category, like a sparkling mixer. You have the fever trees and, um, you know, the, yeah. the Q tonics and stuff but root has really been designed to be a concentrated mixer with fresh juices and which is different. Uh, so trying to explain that your product, even to the consumer right now, like who we are and what, what it is that's different about it was challenging to explain to the, the state as well. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I really wanted to, you know, what makes this different is that we put the carbonation inside like we carbonate everything because I wanted to make like something that was consistent and you can consistently make good cocktails. So to me, that means making sure all the proportions of the citrus are right. All the sugar is right. And the proportion of soda water to ice to cocktail to, to mixer is all correct. So that when you're making a cocktail, it comes out perfect every time. Perfect every time. And to me, it was like, you, if you just put too much soda water in it, it's too watered down. If you put too much, you know, the proportions have to be just right for me. Hey guys, I just want to take a quick break to remind you about the event that I am hosting on June 16th. It is called Audacious Propagation and it is with a previous guest on the podcast, Christine Keller from Dade Plant Co. You will support local female-owned businesses, learn how to properly propagate your plants, you'll take home a baby plant with a little vase, and you'll be entered to win a new beautiful exotic plant from Dade Plant Co. Already, head over to the link in the show notes and go ahead and get your ticket for this event, June 16th in North Miami at Penn Project, which was the location of our last event. 
We, of course, will have food and beverages available, and I cannot wait to see you there. I hope you're enjoying this conversation with Dominique Gonzalez. Let's get back into it. are you selling it? Like, I know, obviously you could probably order it on your website. Yeah. So well, we sell it on the website. We are in probably like a hundred retail shops yeah. across the U S all because of COVID everybody was shopping online and, uh-huh. you know, trying to find that cocktail mixer during that time. Um, so what we you, were able to expand. What do you think has done you the biggest favor in terms of like finding you that audience during COVID? Like, what do you think it was Google ads? You know, what do you think it was? I don't Google ad. Huh. Um, <laughs> I'm not, um, we're pretty scrappy in that way just because, you know, it's a, it's, it's a lot of money, yeah. um, in terms of advertising. And, uh, for me, like, I really want people to taste the product. So, it's to me, it's like getting it into the hands of people okay. and seeing how they like it and experiencing the product versus hopefully the Google ads work or the Instagram ads work. Right. Um, when you're a small this company, not wasted. right. When you're a small, small company, like every penny counts. And so to me, it's better if somebody is able to taste the product and like share it with their friends and family rather than hoping that somebody might pick it up or if we we spend too much over here to where we're like not able to compete because you know the beverage industry is a huge category with tons of competitors we're on a wholesale website so um if anybody's familiar with fair it's a really great oh, yeah. company we've been able to scale with them just because they've really done a lot of work in terms of getting a lot of cool independent makers on that that platform i didn't know they Sorry. sold food or beverage yeah, they do. Um, a lot of beverage brands are on there now. Cool. That's yeah, awesome. It makes it really easy for like these small retailers to reorder, you know? Yeah. Wow. Very cool. So do people yeah. sell, like would a retail store just sell it in the bottle? Yep. Yeah. yeah. They sell it. Um, they usually bring in all five flavors and they sell it by the bottle. Cool. And each bottle's, um, makes up to three cocktails. Cool. What are some obstacles that you encountered during this whole thing? I mean, obviously you mentioned there was a lot of things that you had to learn as you went. Yes. Getting the information Um, was difficult. Some obstacles have been, you know, I still work a second job too, to get the company off the ground. Being extremely organized is really important to be able to manage both jobs. Um, How many employees do you have? I have four employees and then we do a lot of freelance through other marketers or marketing and graphic design or photography or stuff like that. So we, we have two to three in the production side. And then um, I have one employee on like the marketing side, but we only have four. How did you decide to do it small, as opposed to look for an investor, you know, very close to right off the bat. 
Yeah, I think I just was old school. Uh, no other reason than yeah, that. I that I just like I didn't went know what in, I was doing. Yeah, and naive. So I was just and like, you know, not really understanding how much it would really to take to people's money actually start <laughs> to start the business. But, um, Why do you think that it is? all worked out? <laughs> I think I naivety know, I is it came down to like is a strength. Is I don't know if strength is the right is, word that I'm looking I don't know for, but gonna work I think out. like I don't want to. You have to be responsible, money. yeah, to start yeah, a company, and so right? Like, That's the only way because because like now, Actually, for example, also, I know so many things that I'm like I don't know if I want to. That was me when I opened my bar, physical retail space. But if I had it, if I didn't have the experience I have, then I'd be like, whoa, let's go like seven times. And so I think think it's actually a strength Um, or like a benefit or an advantage for people to be a little bit naive because then you don't get scared. And not really understanding how much it would take to actually start the company. Um, But it all worked out. (laughs) I think naivety is is a strength. I don't know if strength is the right word that I'm looking for, but I think you have to be naive to start a company, right? That's the yeah. only way because, because like now, for example, I know so many things that I'm like, I don't know if I want to start another <laughs> like physical retail space, but if I hadn't, if I didn't have the experience I have, then I'd be like, Whoa, let's go. Like, let's... exactly. And so I think, I think it's actually a strength or like a benefit or an advantage for people to be a little bit naive because then you don't get scared. Exactly. Yeah. I agree. If I had known how much work and money and time and everything, like I might've like been like a little bit scared um, walking into it, but now, I, I mean, it's as entrepreneurship is just like, I feel, I feel like it takes a certain person. Like it is, you you got to be okay with um, always teaching yourself something new and, mm-hmm. you know, bouncing back from yeah. all the ups and downs. And, um, yeah. you know, it's just a, a different personality or characteristics. <laughs> I agree with you. Like, I think I've said this a couple of times, so now I just feel like a broken record, but I feel like one of the characteristics too, is that you have to be able to withstand a lot of stress. Mm -hmm. And I think some people crack easier under stress than other people. Not that that's a, you know, like, not that that's, oh, you know, I'm so great because I can handle a lot of stress. That's not something that we want to strive for necessarily, but I think (laughs) you want (laughs) to, in entrepreneurship, you have to be, if you are the leader, you have to shoulder everything is your responsibility. Everything, you know, even if you're hiring somebody to do a job, Ultimately, whether that job gets done well or not well, that's your fault. That's on or, you. Yeah, that's on you. <laughs> that's your responsibility. So I think there's some people who are just better at kind of dealing with that and some personalities that maybe aren't. Um, maybe it's also a learnable skill, like you can build that muscle. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've always been somebody, and you reminded me of this when you said that you've always been in management positions or leadership roles. Like I've always been somebody who I have a really hard time not being in those roles. Like if I am an employee or if I, you know, am being told what to do by anybody, it's really hard for me. And it's not like that. I want to be that way. It's just like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't, it like gets under my skin. Yeah. It's not a comfortable place for me to be. I'd rather be the one, you know, giving the orders or, or 
creating the plan. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. It's like, you gotta be like, I can see this. I can see how like operationally we need to fix this. And that ends up like falling up, not falling, but like, I feel like naturally, um, when you are, you do have that personality, people start to follow you. Mm-hmm. Like you don't really mean to step into that role. Like, and maybe you're not even in like that leader, but naturally people gravitate to people who want to be doing better or making systems better, or, you know, have the answers and aren't lazy. And, you know, so I feel like it doesn't always, it, it's not always your title, but yeah. people gravitate towards you as a leader. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you make them feel secure. Yeah. Cause you, like you're like, they can count I, on you. Yeah. I know what the issue is here. I know how to fix it. I've got a plan. And then people yeah. just, they're like, okay, I'm coming with. <laughs> and if I don't know how to fix it, I'll figure it out. So yeah. come on. <laughs> but that's confidence. So actually one of my questions for my audacious advice at the end is like, what was one of the things that helped you the most when building your confidence? And so how did you get that confidence to be like, if I don't know the answer, I'll find it out. I'll figure it out. I think, um, doing it over and over again and seeing that you are able to like get through that tough, that tough time. And, you know, looking back on it and being like, okay, I got through that. I can get through this. Okay. I got through that. I can get through this and just repeat over and over. (laughs) Um, so acknowledging it, huh? Acknowledging it. Right. Totally. Yeah. I feel like, um, there, I keep a jar at home with all of the good things that happen because, you know, really entrepreneurship is like, you need those moments to look back on because everything can get so overwhelming. And so like, you're just going, 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 going that you forget like where you started or where it came from or what positive things have happened throughout the year. Um, so I'll write it down in this little jar and be like, okay, these are the good things that happened because it's tough, you know, when you're it's managing like out everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And when you're, when you're in it, you know, like you're, you're literally, you're like in it, you've got your blinders on your, like your focus is micro. Yeah. And so you're like within the last, I don't know, maybe six months or so, maybe we haven't achieved the goals that we set. Right. Or maybe we mm-hmm. haven't, maybe we've lost a couple customers or something. I don't know. But then in like the last two or three years, maybe sales have increased exponentially, or maybe you've actually gotten like 50 new clients or, you know, it it could be this huge thing that the only way you can see it is if you really zoom out and you sort of separate yourself a little bit for just a moment. That's why I think taking vacations for entrepreneurs is so important. Like that's something that I never did. I, I, well, I did take some once in a while, but I didn't take enough vacations. Like when I Mm -hmm. had the bar, which was the most stressful business that I've ever had. I, I didn't take a single, like not even a weekend trip. And I think that hurt me because I think I was always so stressed out that I never was able to take that zoomed out 
view and just take a step back and be like, okay, mm-hmm. if I take all this stress away, if I take all of these little like dumb, I feel like my friends think fixable crazy, problems away for myself. To- like, let me look at the big picture <laughs> and let me see recharge because what, it's like what progress we've when made you're in the business and what we can do now. And you're like, okay, I think that would have helped me. I didn't to- do that. Yeah, I think that's but when you think problem solving great thing to acknowledge exactly I feel like yeah. and not only for yourself when you step team. away, you can like, be like you, okay, here's the they vision. need to this is why I'm doing this. This is see you excited about the moves that I need to take next. See that your whereas like, like you're just kind of always the stress um, of the business. If you're so always I think removing yourself for a little bit is helpful for yourself and also the team that you're leading. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think also, I mean if I feel like my friends think I'm crazy, but I'll go on solo trips by myself to (laughs) recharge because it's like when you're in the business, you're in the weeds and you're like, okay, you're focused on how to, you're just in it. But when you step away, exactly. And um, when you get to step away, you can be like, okay, here's the vision. This is why I'm doing this. This is, these are the moves that I need to take next. Whereas like, you're just kind of spinning your wheels um, if you're always in it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned the solo traveling because we just did an episode that I just published this week about the value of solo traveling. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's, great. I mean, yeah, it's, I can't trust it enough. It's great. Where was the last place you went? Where did I go last? I just went to LA, um, did like a three day trip there. Um, just hung out and, went to some trade shows and like, kind of, you know, you get, you get your books together, of yeah. inspiring yes. businesses and like draw out your Wait, map what book are like, you reading or what books? Uh, right now, um, I have drive by Daniel Pink. Um, and then, uh, there's one I'm reading right now. It's by the shark and I forget her name. It's Laura something. Oh, um, she's on the, she's one of the judges on shark tank. Wait, is she the, she's not the real estate one. No, that's like no. Barbara. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, is she the blonde one? Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know her name either, but I I can see her face. Yeah, it's like sell it or make it, sell it, bank it. Um, make it, so, sell it, bank it. Yeah, and so that those are the two books that I have right now. But if you're an entrepreneur, I feel like the last one that was really good is. Um, dang it. I can't remember the names of all of them. I've listened to so many podcasts and like, <laughs> what's your favorite podcast? Oh, um, okay. There's a couple. Okay. There's, uh, how I built this. Yes. I have that it's one. Yes. So great. And you know, one that's specific that I've been really enjoying and appreciative of for like a brand like mine is, um, called startup, um, to scale. It's by Jordan Buckner. Um, he used to own, um, a, like a granola tea brand. And he's really committed to helping um, emerging CPG brands like scale and learn the ins and outs of like um, building a small business. Awesome. So those I are the two I'm listening to right now. Okay. I haven't heard of his, so I'm going to, I'm going to check that out. Um, do you think, so It makes me sad that when we are learning, like we're reading, we're listening to these podcasts that there's so few women that we're really 
hearing and and getting, I mean, cause I consider the authors that I read, I consider the podcasts I listen to, to be mentors, right? Mm-hmm. So it makes yep. me a little sad that like, it's, it's mainly men. Yeah, there are, it's definitely a male dominated in a lot of industries. Um, yeah, yeah um, I feel like the beverage industry is especially male dominated. I feel like there wasn't, um, the last trade show I went to, there wasn't a lot of women with really? brands, um, especially in like the the drink category. Yeah. Uh, but I feel like, I mean, women, consistently get only like 2.3% of funding. So it's a very underrepresented. Is that one of the reasons why you didn't even really look into it? I mean, I did apply to get a grant or a loan in the beginning and was denied. I think it was just, you know, it was too small. Like it wasn't approved, but also food and Bev, I think is one of the hardest industries to get loans for. Oh, for sure. I don't know it's if very manufacturing risky. is different. Yeah. For, for the bar, like I applied for so many loans and the only loans that I could get were like super high interest loans, like based mm-hmm. on, I forget what they're called. It's like revenue, something loans. Like yeah, they would basically take a percentage out of the revenue that was coming in. And those are the mm-hmm. worst mm-hmm. loans to get with the highest rates, but that was the mm-hmm. only thing I would qualify for. So I don't know. That was a physical like restaurant. I don't know if manufacturing is equally as hard. Do you think it is? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's so hard because the, the startup capital you need to scale is outrageous. I do think it would have propelled my business forward. However, I don't think that I would have used the money wisely, um, Mm -hmm. in the beginning because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. And so now I feel like that, while it was so frustrating, I do think it taught me to learn a lot of aspects of the business. Um, so now I feel more confident in financials and accounting and um, growing the business. Whereas like if somebody would have just thrown me money, I would have been like, okay, let's, let's buy this. Let's buy yeah. that. I'll <laughs> pay now, myself this. Yeah. But yeah. you're like super hyper-focused on like what will move the company forward. And I think that's very beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I would say, um, if you, if you are a woman owned business, like the grants out there right now are awesome. Like there's really? hello, Alice, there's I fund, um, women, I fund women and there's, um, hello, Alice, I fund women. Um, what's the other one? There's, there's so many, um, but when this happened, you know, I started just, I didn't even know they were out there. I wish I had known a long time ago that all these grants for women-owned businesses, especially minority-owned businesses yeah. were out there because I do think I would have gotten some in the beginning, but since it's been available, since I've known, I've been able to raise about $20,000 in grants. So that has been extremely helpful. Did they come from Hello Alice or iPhone Women? Okay. So one of them did come from hello, Alice, and it's, um, the company that was sponsoring it was Sia Scotch. And so she's another woman owned business and she was giving $10,000 out to, um, minority owned businesses. And she also mentors. So it's been 
really wonderful to like be able to talk with her and help that or get that money to like get us through COVID times. That's amazing. I love that. Yeah. And the other one, I don't know if you saw the one, but there's all, there was one for Spanx when all the COVID hit and I um, was able to get the $5,000 in red backpack fund. So that was, there's so many grants out there that I was not aware of that. I just wish other women owned businesses. But how did you, how did you see the Spanx one? How'd you find it? So that one, um, you know, once you start becoming a part of these communities mm-hmm. and you like sign up for their newsletters and sign up okay. for okay. all their stuff, like they're really good at um, referring back and like for the CIA one, she recommended, I got another um, reference for another one. So it's all, it's like kind of just, um, you just have to look at like direct, yeah, direct communication, but you have to actually look at the emails. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> you have to read the emails. <laughs> yeah. But, that's but yeah, amazing. grant, grant funding is a lot of, you know, it's a lot of work. You're, you're really like, sometimes they have you writing video or filming videos video. yeah. or, you know, you're writing your story, you're telling your story. Um, you're telling like your financials and your, your business. Um, so to me, it's like a little side job. Like it takes me, you know, a few weeks to put together one grant. So, but it's did worth you, it. Did you ever hire someone to write it for you? Or did you hire someone to help you do the video? You no, just did it yourself? Just filmed it in my room. You're bootstrapping <laughs> everything. Bootstrapping everything. That's awesome though. And you got it. You got two. Did you apply two, for yeah. more than two and you only got two or did you oh my only gosh. apply for two? No, I apply for a lot. Oh, okay. Um, good. But that's good because I, I, I think that that, you know, gives people perspective. You apply for 10 grants. You're not going to get 10 grants. Exactly. Like you have to, you have to, I mean, I feel like I was able to get this grant because I had applied to so many before. And so it's like really shaping your story and like, you know, reading through what you wrote a few months ago and like perfecting it. And so I do think it's a, it's a process and I apply to a lot of grants um, and you only get a couple. I think I just made a new quote for myself. Quantity creates quality. So like the more you do something, the better it becomes. Mm -hmm. In other words, practice. Yeah. 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 But I think that's like a theme with what you've been talking about, right? I didn't know how to do something. I started, it wasn't Mm -hmm. great. It wasn't perfect. And the next day it got better, like 1% better. And the next day, 2% and then three and a half percent, you know, and it just compounds practice. I'm never just like great at something. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) but that's a lot. I think you just kind of get used to themselves (laughs) because everybody else expects. I've gone on so many dates, but I think women (laughs) for different (laughs) reasons, they feel like they need to be perfect at everything. (laughs) Yeah. And if they're not perfect, no, but I've, I've asked so many people for money, not perfect. You're going to get rejected. I have. Yeah. My skin is for women. That's it's like the worst bulletproof thing at this point. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you have to get rejected a like lot. When you're trying to you just, just kind of get used to it. 
you have to. And, you have to get skin. and you know, a lot of, I've gone on like, so many dates and I've noticed this with <laughs> Rue is that my skin is, you know, thick. something that worked this thick work in the past yeah. ends up yeah. working in the future. No, but I've, um, and I've asked so, I've asked know, so put, many people for you money. You ask for money. You, you, you know, pitch, like you, I, I have, um, yeah, my skin is, you try to make a sale. It's they don't want it at this point but then <laughs> exactly once they come back to you, know, <laughs> you have to like you know i want to do sales now. or whatever it's or like a year from now it didn't work out for you but it will for so, and you know a lot of the may not be it may be a rejection this moment, moment, but not is that in the future right nothing has you know something that worked didn't work in the past ends up working in the future um so you know you put you ask for money you do a pitch you um you try to make a sale they don't want it but then six months, they come back to you and you're like, you know, I want that product now or a year from now. I remember I want that. So it may not be, it may be a rejection in the moment, but not in the future. Right. Nothing has a period at the end of it. Mm-hmm. Everything has a, what is it called? A, the dot, dot, dot. What is that called? I don't know what that's called. An I know what you're talking about. Is that an ellipsis? <laughs> Did I just make that word up? I'm going to have to teach myself something. I'm going to Google that. No, (laughs) I don't really care that much to Google it, but no, but you're, you're totally right. And I think that's another thing that is a bit of a myth that we, or a story that we have in our heads that if it's a no now, it's a no permanently. Mm -hmm. No, no. You ask and then you ask again. And then you ask mm-hmm. again and you keep asking yeah, somebody else and you keep asking, mm-hmm. you keep going. And eventually you're going to get a yes. And maybe you go, and then it's, I think you should, that's a great thing to keep in mind is that, okay, I'm going to ask all these people and whoever said, no, I'm going to put in my calendar that like six months from now or three months or 12 months, whatever, I'm going to go mm-hmm. circle back to them. And I'm going to ask yep. again. Okay. They said, no, cross them off the list. That's over. Yeah. 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 And that's no, nothing. It, nothing is permanent. Mm-mm. Yeah. And yeah. And I think even if I didn't even go back to ask them, like they are reaching out to me at that point. That's um, so how does that make you feel? It's really great. I mean, it's, it makes you feel like, okay, the work was worth it, you know? Um, when, cause you know, I've been in those situations where it's like, dang, I spent so much time trying to make this sale in months of trying to make this sale or do this or that. And, you know, they weren't interested, interested at the moment. And then I've seen multiple accounts come back and be like, okay, we're ready to take you on or we're ready to carry your product. So I don't know. It just is timing. And I would just be confident that the time you're putting in will pay off. And, and even if it doesn't pay off in the way you think it's Mm -hmm. that practice right? It's that practice of pitching your brand. It's that practice of building your thick skin through rejection, Uh you know, all of it. So it's like, even if it's a no, 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 you have to keep thinking about, okay, well, okay. I'm not getting a yes. I'm not getting the answer I want, but what am I getting out of this? How is this helping me? Because I feel like that helps fuel you to continue, right? If you just keep focus on this is not working, nobody's saying yes, this is a bad idea. Then you're mm-hmm. going to stop. You're gonna, exactly. Yeah. I, I feel like in reading Laura's book from shark tank, she was like, if I can't figure it out, I go under, if I can't figure it out, or if I, it's a no, I go over. If I, if this happens, I go to this side, I go to this side. Like it's always kind of like 
to me, it's like, okay, well, which way can we go to make it work? Mm -hmm. Like maybe this way didn't work, this way didn't work, but how can I make it work? Because usually there is an answer. There's always a solution. Yes. Or an Mm -hmm. answer. Yes. Last night, one of the titles of the speeches was it's never a no, but just a how. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like so, that. Yeah. 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 So I agree. Like how are we going to make it work? Right. You're saying no, but if it but I'm was, hearing yeah, <laughs> I'm hearing that if we did it this way, we might get closer to a yes. So what is that way? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. To make this a yes. <laughs> yeah. Actually, that's a great question. What do, what do you need from me to make you give me a million dollars? Mm-hmm right? What do I need to show you? That's a great question because even if it still is a no, now you're getting information of what you need to maybe, maybe change if it makes sense or Mm -hmm. just at least provide like what information you need to provide. So I think that's a great question. Yeah. So what does audacity mean to you? Um, Okay. So I think audacity is living a life that's true to you. And following that path. I think it's being bold and like living a life that, you know, makes you come alive. Ooh, and, I and it's that. not maybe the traditional way of taking a path that everybody else around you is going to take. And, you know, a lot of people will probably tell you, what are you doing? You should do this, do that. Um, but I feel like the world of you like when you feel it inside, I feel like, you know, what you're meant to do, what, which direction you're supposed to take. And it will always just be like, hello, like in the back of your mind, um, poking you until you start. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, living a life that makes you come alive and it's makes you making you passionate about the things, um, that you love is living audacious. That's amazing. I love that. I specifically like the being bold and making a life that makes you come alive. Mm -hmm. That's so good. (laughs) If there's one thing that you wish you knew growing up, what would it be? This was a tough question. Um, That it was, I feel like I've always been, you know, like we were talking about, like the person who takes charge and is like a little bossy and like a little like, no, we got to do it this way. I feel like that would be like, that's okay to be like that. Um, It will take you places that, you know, you're supposed to go. So don't be afraid to, you know, speak up and um, more of who you are. Yeah, I would say that. Were there stories growing up? Like, did, I don't know if you have siblings, but like maybe your Mm -hmm. brother said it, maybe a kid at school said it, maybe even your parents said it to you at one point, but were there any particular stories about, you know, like you being bossy that you were like, I can't. Oh yeah. (laughs) All the time. I'm like, no, it has to be this way. We have to do it like this. Um, So I feel like that um, has always been a little bit, uh, I've just been particular about how I yeah. want things done. And, um, and so I do think that that has always been brought up. I mean, you know, running a bar, like I was so oh, yeah. nitpicky about like mm-hmm. what this mint looks like, what, 
what is stocked at the end of the night? And like, mm-hmm. you know, I'd be like, Hey, come back to work. You didn't finish your job, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is pretty, I mean, I feel like it's kind of common within like the bar industry. Oh, you and, have to be. Yeah. You have yeah, to be. And if there's stickiness on the counter, there you go. You get pests. Yeah. There's bugs. There's mice or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I feel like yeah, the, the rest, I would say the restaurant industry's changed a lot, mm-hmm. um, to where like, um, it's a little bit more relaxed than it used to be, which is kind of nice. Um, but I feel like, um, why, why there because was, of COVID? No, I just think that it's always been like a really, I mean, everybody's always been grinding, but I feel like there's a little bit more like forgiveness in that (laughs) department where it's like okay you are going through something or like because you were required to work like you know yeah 10 hour shifts 11 hour shifts 12 hour shifts and like six seven days a week and you weren't allowed to take a break and that was I mean that was a while ago but like I feel like the expectation has a little bit changed where it's like okay let's not work these people to death and you know Um, work-life balance and work-life balance and you know don't come into work when you're sick or something like that you know yeah because that's all changed now do you look at your bossiness now or how you're very particular about things you look at it now as a strength or as um a valuable character trait um I think that Yeah, I do think that it's been able to, like, it sets people apart, being able to be like, this is how I want things. And um, I do think that's a key component of leadership is holding people accountable and having standards and holding yourself to them as well as the people around you. So I think bossiness is probably like, the negative term but to me it's like you know you're you're accountable for your job and it's not easy to um do that with employees and like you know manage people like it's not the fun it's not fun it's <laughs> like hard. it's very hard. yeah it's like I think people think that that is like like that you get the fun job but it's really like you get the hard job of like holding these standards and you enforcing know, them. It, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not, you may be in like a leadership role and everybody's like, Oh, you're the leader and you're in charge. But it's like, it's not always like the, the great job for the, <laughs> the person in charge, you know? Right. Right. And you don't just because you have that title or just because you are that person in that position doesn't automatically mean your employees respect you respect your standards, respect the standards of the company, you know, so you do have to have difficult conversations, no matter, even if you hire great employees, that's very likely you're going to have some difficult conversations. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, I feel like that's been like great to learn as, as well as like you are put into very uncomfortable situations, like where you have to have a hard conversation. And I feel like it helps you grow as a person, like totally. where you're just like, okay, let's work this out. Let's negotiate, not negotiate, but like, let's have a conversation about this, about well, how we want to move forward. Yeah. yeah. So it, I think it's, um, yeah, it's taught me a lot too, like 
how to how to work with other people as well hmm. and meet them where they are and how like you know be growing together yeah cool what do you think needs to happen for women to get more opportunity in the business world I feel like there has been actually a surge of women in the business world, thankfully, within the last couple of years. Um, it's really taken off. Um, I do think that we've been able to get a lot of support, um, but I do think it's going to be like women supporting other women and men supporting other women. So I think that um, like as a woman business owner, we're we should be investing in other women's businesses yes. and we should be buying their products and we should be giving back and we should be helping them build their companies. Um, so to me, it's like, you know, where you put your money is like very important in helping other women businesses come to life. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I'm building a community of audacious founders of female entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. And that is literally the reason why, because I want us to create opportunity together and share it with each other and build things together and invest in each other's businesses and yeah, all of these things. So I am yes. fully behind everything you just said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's so important. And, you know, one of my passion project projects as well is like, you know, that's what makes me very, like makes me come alive is being able to support somebody else's dreams come to life. So um, it's, it's very important to me that we're also giving back. How, how do you give back? Um, let's well, see. you donated to my event. So yeah, that we was donated to your event. Yeah. Um, with a lot of women, other um, businesses. Uh, we are, well, I am part of um, a community called Entrepreneurs. I don't know if you've heard of Yes, that. yes. Mm -hmm. um, and they don't stop showing up on my Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool to know that you're in it. Yeah. So I've been, we've been like able to collab with some really cool, um, women-owned companies with that um we've been we've collabed with fruit of pop which she's a, a new york i think new york based um popsicle business and so we're collabing with her and we were able to find each other through entrepreneurista and um some other like uh, inspiro tequila through entrepreneurista so it's like really collabing with these companies who share a common um goal do you think being a part of that group has helped you a lot? Obviously it, it made these connections possible, but do you think mm -hmm. like, would you recommend this group or a group like this to other people? Absolutely. Like I wish I had been able to be a part of a community a long time ago. Hmm. Um, so I think that being surrounded with mentors and people who just get you as yeah. an entrepreneur just um, get you yes <laughs> in your story and like your struggles and um being able to like relate to each other and share share stories back and forth is I think really important um to feel like so that you know that you're not in these all by yourself like people other people have gone through it and they've been able to be successful and um yeah I I just feel like hearing other 
women's stories have been inspiring. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm going to look into them now. Yeah. <laughs> you should join. Uh, I, might, I might do it. I might do it. Yeah. And um, they're great for like also promoting your business. Like they, um, they do all sorts of like webinars and, you know, you can get on, you know, uh, what's it called? A uh, mingle, like a networking, um, uh, zoom and meet other people. So it's, it's really cool. Okay, cool. Sold. <laughs> That's all it took. <laughs> I don't work for them. I swear. <laughs> They'll send you a commission. I'll make yeah. sure of it. <laughs> Okay. Last question. What is your biggest, most audacious goal going forward? Oh, good question. Um, I think overall, like my biggest goal, you know, would be able to scale root to like be a household item, yes. um, a global company, but you know, I'm really passionate. And like, like I said, what makes me really come alive is being able to give back to other women businesses. And so to me, like that would be investing or like being a part of their startup companies. Um, So that would be like the main, like long-term goal is to be able to be able to be a part of everybody's journey because it's fun. I share that goal. I mean, I also hope that you scale root Yes. I hope that, but that, that's not my goal. My goal. I agree with you. Like I would love to invest in other female owned businesses and mm-hmm. support them in their growth. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can invest in root. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're probably going to we're, do something soon. We're accepting money. <laughs> we're accept- <laughs> we're taking money now. <laughs> I'll Venmo um, you yeah. right after this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're going to start raising funds here soon, but do you um, have got to figure that do you have dreams about like growing big enough that you would go public? I don't know. I, I don't know that whole, um, I'm not sure. Okay. I mean, I'm open, you know, to whatever <laughs> ends up happening, but, um, yeah, I, if it were to go that route, I wouldn't be upset about it. That would be really cool. Um, but I, I'm not sure how it will end. We, we just know where we want to go please let everybody know where they can find you. So you can find Root Elixirs at www.rootelixirs.com. And then we also have a store locator on our website um, where you can search nearby retail shops. Good. I need to do that because I need to know where to restock. I don't know if you've heard of um, Showfields. I have heard of it. Yeah. So we're in there. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah, I haven't been there before, but I know it's like a bunch of pop-up brands basically, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like, huh. it's, it's a mix. It's like emerging brands with like established brands. And then they create this really cool shopping experience that is kind of like a creative outlet for artists. And they like design the store around some of the, the brands. So it's cool. It's like each like brand has its own shopping experience. I got it. Yeah. I heard, I heard it's pretty cool. I haven't been, <laughs> but I, I need to. <laughs> Thank you so much. This was amazing. I'm so excited that I got to meet you and ask you every detail about your business. 
Yeah, thank you for having me on. It was great to be here. Good, good. How did the event go yesterday? It went really good. It went really good. So, um, so this was the first speaking event that I've done in Miami. I actually like invested a good amount of money. I bought like sound equipment. I bought microphones. I bought a backdrop. Nice. I invested some money in it and, um, (laughs) we had 52 people register. I don't know exactly how many people showed up, but Mm -hmm. I don't think it was a full 50, but it was probably like 30 to 40 people. Yeah. That's a good amount. Pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Uh, We've been talking a lot about practice and it's really, for me, it's practice because Mm -hmm. it wasn't perfect. And now I have notes in terms of what I'm going to change or fix next time. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. And it went well. Um, The main purpose of it is just like, I want to create a platform for women to share their knowledge and for us to have another space to come together and potentially offer opportunities Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So great. Yeah. Well, if I'm ever in Miami, I would love to (gasps) get together. (laughs) I would love to get together. We can go out for cocktails. We could do happy hour. We could go out for coffee, anything. I would love to do it all. And then also I would love to have you speak. Yeah. I would love that. It would be fun. I feel like Miami is also on the list of like where we'll be popping up next. Cause I feel like our largest following is New York, Miami, and California. So I'm sure it'll be soon. Okay. Well, please keep me in the loop. Yeah. I'd love to see you, but I'd also love to support anything you're doing here. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. We'll support you as well and get your name out there. Thank you. We need it. We need it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, by the way, your packaging, like when you guys shipped me the bottles and the little garnishes like stuck, it was like an Easter basket. It was so exciting. Like, (laughs) oh my God, there's something else. And, and like you had your little like folded newsletter and you had a little personalized note and you had a sticker. It was awesome. Like you guys. Oh, good. Good, good. I thought you were going to say something that it broke or something. I was like, no, no. (laughs) and it it was gonna actually like, according to FedEx, it wasn't going to get here on time for the event. And it arrived like right before I was about to leave. Oh my gosh. So it was like perfect universe helping out. It was just great. And then I opened it and I saw all the goodies and it was so cute. Oh, good. Is was it um, easy to mix at the event? Oh yeah. 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 Because we actually got a ton of like gin and a ton of vodka from, Mm -hmm. we got from Helix vodka and we got from gray whale gin and we got from manifest distilling. We got a couple bottles. So we had a ton of clear liquor that was like perfect. Awesome. Yeah. Um, you definitely should get on entrepreneurship because there's a couple people, um, because Tracy from Fruit Pop, she's always out there. So she would be great to collab with. And I can even do an intro to her um, if you want me to. Yes. Yeah. She's popping up at Showfield a lot um, in Miami because she's she's just in New York. So she's probably going to be popping back and forth all the time. But yeah, I can introduce it to her. She's really great. Cool. It was so amazing getting to know you. I definitely want to see you when you're in Miami or if I go to California, I have to come see you. That would be great. Yeah. I think we would have a lot of fun. It would be fun for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. This was such a great talk with so much great information from Dominique. If you are someone who is thinking about starting your own business and you need some support, send me a message. Let's set up a 30 minute consultation so that I can show you how I can help you build your business. Go ahead and get your tickets for the June 16th event on Eventbrite. And if you liked this episode, please share it with a friend. It would be so appreciated. Give us a review if you feel so inspired and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't done so already. Thank you again and have an audacious week.